I know that to reach my desirable future, I must act now. And I, I really believe that the future is interested to me because I need to be bold and bright to make this happen. And I feel the responsibility of doing this. If not now, when? If not me, who? So that's why I, would, uh, I am this activist for women's rights. This is a podcast called Walk, Talk, Listen. An attempt to connect people and make this world a bit better by sharing opinions and experiences based on the belief that everyone's perspective is true, albeit partial. My name is Maurice Blum, and I would like to welcome you to yet another episode of Walk, Talk, Listen. Hello, everybody. This is another episode of the podcast Walk, Talk, Listen. And as usual, I'm delighted with today's guests um, live from Brazil. Uh, Clara, can you please uh, introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah. Hi, guys. I am Maria Clara, but AK Clara. You can call me Clara. And I am Brazilian. I'm talking from Recife right now in the northeast of Brazil. And I consider myself very bold. I'm a futures engineer and I invented this term for my profession. But I am very eclectic in my activities and I really love to get involved in, with social impact initiatives and all guided by my purpose of bringing balance to the world through the freedom of the feminine. So that's why I am the worldwide under uh, third five change maker for the economy of Francesco. I am ambassador of the Brazil conference at Harvard and MIT. I am a social entrepreneur with B-Labs and I am a futures practitioner developing new tools from the perspective of building a more empathic world, especially for women. And yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I should say no, anything don't. more. <laughs> no, go go on. This is this is great. Yeah, um, yeah. May, maybe tell a little bit about the company that you co-founded, yeah. right, with uh, two of your colleagues. Yeah, I I was trained and educated as a peace builder. Uh, my mom really taught me that, and that's why I I wish to dedicate my life to use my skills and knowledge in complex mm. problem solving, bring social impact and freedom of the feminine. So with B-Labs, I am the creator of the hurricane methodology to advance the organization mission that's working towards fostering gender equality and economic power for women here in Brazil. And we are inserting their business in the digital economy. And I'm also the project manager of an innovative project within B-Labs that use technology to tackle the issue of domestic violence against women here. Uh, we, here in Brazil, we occupy the 92 uh, position in the ranking of, the gen of gender equality. So we have a, a really big gap in um, when we talk about uh, gender and the insertion of women in the economics and a position of power. So B-Labs, it's a company that uh, started 
we willing to tackle this problem and to really reduce the gender gap here in Brazil. Mm. But I understood you're also really an advocate uh, around uh, sustainable development goals. Can you tell a bit, a little bit about um, your experience there of working uh, on the SDGs within Brazil and maybe even also uh, globally, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. I have a degree in electrical engineering, mm-hmm. but I was also trained in futures thinking and design futures by Institute for the Future. So it was really important for me to work uh, and uh, try to bring emerging technologies uh, to solve the the social problems that we have. And in working at B Labs, it allowed me to do several experiments, and among them, being able to apply different methodologies to the acceleration process and conduct studies on women in our community and create reports to help speed up the insertion in the market. And for example, I really I, I have tons of example. I think this shows. Uh, mm-hmm. better the way that I work. And when I did my first design futures research, I had intentionally chosen Arapiraca, the city that I was born. Mm-hmm. And I developed activation sections through design to map local problems and develop solutions that could be implemented immediately to build the desirable future and the freedom of the feminine in Brazil. And for example, I found that I found that in my hometown city, women do not get divorced for the fear of society's judgment, and they continue to live in environments that are conducive to domestic violence. And this deeply impacts me. The women in my city are voiceless, and they haven't the right to come and go. So at B-Labs, we work with uh, three SDGs, the five, the eight, and the 10, mm-hmm. as uh, that means uh, for for you people that are listening and haven't heard about the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals. Uh, the five is gender equality, eight is um, economic power, and the 10 reduce in- inequalities in the world. And we have been uh, through many uh, projects that are tackling these three SDGs specific. That's amazing. And, and um, you know, if, if we talk about uh, reaching the, the different SDGs, the different sustainable development goals, um, there is a necessity to collaborate with the different entities. And one of them is, is the government. So how is that going? Do you, do you have connections with the government? Are you collaborating with them? Or, or how can you explain about your... Yeah. Experience. We indeed have a partnership with the government. Right now, it's not easy in Brazil. We have a really uh, right, far-right government that's not easy. We have a chaos going around here and a lot of uh, sexism and misogyny in the government. But mm. we still have hope and we have some partnerships with the cities, with the mayors of the cities and also with some... Uh, uh, senators and yet yeah, that's really important because when we we are talking about social impact initiatives we need this funding and also this uh, chance to raise our voice and also to amplify and the government is really important to do that 
so we have a long way <laughs> to go here, but uh, we already uh, found some spots that we can work and try to break him uh, into this <laughs> this space that are already open for us. If if uh, the listeners would like to find out more about, you know, your company, uh, where should they should they go? Yeah, our website's uh, blabs.org. Uh, so mm -hmm. you can go there and then you find the information. We have a page in English too, so <laughs> don't yeah. be... Uh, you don't have to uh, read. Uh, yes, uh, yes. Yeah, we have many things in Portuguese, but mm -hmm. <laughs> we have uh, content in English too. And you can also follow us in our social handles, uh, b.labs on Instagram. And also I am a YouTube Chan, uh, YouTube uh, YouTuber now and mm -hmm. our channel is Furacanizando. You can go there and then we have produced content in Portuguese and in English. So feel free to just follow us and collaborate with us. Clara, you know, um you know that uh, you know i this this podcast is a spin-off of of uh, me walking 100 mile to raise awareness about hunger and poverty and inequality um so you are busy with a lot of different uh, topics it's pretty uh, amazing but but i would like to ask you if you would be asked to walk 100 miles in a week uh, for which cause would you uh, walk yeah, this is a great question for me because my future vision is to live in a safe and healthy Brazil. Uh, I wish to go out on the streets, walking without the fear of the violence. And uh, this is really important for me. So I want to build this, this safe and healthy Brazil for women, a country where I can walk on the streets without the fear of being raped or assaulted. And I want to look to the high positions of power and mm -hmm. feel represented and belonged. So I would walk uh, trying to amplify the and amplify my voice and raise awareness about the gender issues that we have and also trying to create this space because I know that to reach my desirable future, I must mm -hmm. act now. And mm -hmm. I, I really believe that the future is interested to me because I need to be bold and bright to make this happen. And I feel the responsibility of doing this. If not now, when? If not me, who? So that's why I, would, uh, I am this activist for women's rights. And also I want to create a safe space for us. Great. Um... Yeah, I, I think you in the beginning, you alluded a little bit, you know, why you started to uh, work in these areas. And I, I still would like to ask you the question, you know, what, what drives you in life? So when you wake up in the morning, you know, what makes it that you start to work on these issues? Mm -hmm. For me, it's trying to bring balance. I've been mm -hmm. through some episodes of uh, depression and mm -hmm. I have some case of uh, different psychology prob problems in my family and when I discovered that I want to bring balance to the world because I want to see that mm. the world's balancing and I'm talking about gender balance but also about environmental balance and this starts with my own balance 
So every time that I wake up, I start to think, how can I bring, bring balance to myself? How can I be um, really in line with my desires and the things that I want? And this will help me to uh, achieve gender balance, achieve uh, a balance in, in, our, in our mother earth. And this really drives me because mm. it's, uh, every day, it's a, a new day. It's a new challenge. Mm. It's a new way to 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 find how can I be in peace with myself and bring this peace to the things that I work with. You know, when thank you for sharing that. I, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, um, I, I've talked with many of my guests also about, uh, you know, what drives them. And then very quickly, we talk about religion and spirituality as well. Um, and, and then also, uh, very often we talk about the younger generation and how they look at and, and how they experience religion and spirituality. And some folks say, you know, it's different and others say, no, it's similar. So I would like to ask you, uh, what do you see happening among the younger generation? And yes, it's difficult to generalize, but let's try to do that. We are really going through an era change. Mm -hmm. uh, we are living in the digital age and it's, this is exponentially unpredictable. And this is a huge impact on people's religiosity and spirituality. For me, I think that... I see the youth having so many questions, including mm. me. And for example, uh, last week I was talking with my my cousin, and we were talking about the uh, spirituality and religions. And mm -hmm. I think the profile of these generations it's guided by so many whys, and sometimes we don't find the coherence. Uh, with attitudes and actions in the mm. religions space. So uh, we are talking, for example, that he wanted to be uh, a father, a priest. And he told me that he, he just left this idea because it mm. stopped making sense when he saw that many things that the church preached were not put into practice. Mm. So since we have this uh, new generation and we are living this new world, new era that we have so many information and the information is just there and we can find it easily. Uh, I think uh, this is uh, a challenge. I mm. think this is not a problem, but a challenge for the, the people that are working, uh, trying to bring uh spirituality for everyone mm. so yeah th this is this is my thought, uh, thought i don't think that uh we are just losing it i just think we need to reinvent it we need to change we need to adapt to the reality of the youth right now and what type of changes uh do you think are necessary then mm -hmm. I see people thirst for spirituality, uh, mm. not religions in general, but for spirituality. Yes, we are trying to find our inner peace. We are mm. just 
testing so many things, but uh, we just actually just need to find what makes sense for us. And for me, a great example is Chiara Lubic. Uh, it's a really role model for me. Mm. And she was a proven real example of this revolution that we need to do to reach the youth. And for example, the gen movement uh, in the folklore movement began as a revolution. So mm. this is not just a figure of speech, it's a statement of the nature of this movement and it exists until now. Uh, Chiara was the founder, but I, I'm, I'm still part of the gen uh, movement and the mm. gen revolution. And now, as we know, every revolution always has the goal of bringing about justice. Mm. And quoting Chiara, the gen revolution uh, is a revolution of love. In, in fact, preci precisely because it's a revolution of love, but a love which is supernatural and has the goal of bringing about true justice. So for me, what we need to think is how to communicate this revolution with the youth. We need to make them feel protagonists of this revolution. We need to touch uh, them and try to, I think it's, it's a matter of communication, really. Mm. We just need to uh, try to find a way to communicate better with the new generations. Mm. And, and um, did you find yourself uh, the right way to communicate with you know, um, your, your peers? And um, yeah. <laughs> this, this is a really big challenge, I think, for everyone, including uh -huh. me. And I am 24 years old, but mm -hmm. still, it's just difficult to communicate because, as I said, things change so fast. But uh, I think one way that I found to communicate is just to try to, to find one thing that make us connected to each other, mm. for example, uh, this is uh, an empathy ability. And I think that empathy is uh, an ability that we need to practice. Mm. So since I've been trying to practice my empathy and try to listen with an op open heart and just try to make a deal, a dialogue, and mm. this is really hard. Uh, I'm not saying that, ah, let's communicate, let's make a brochure, let's go uh, to social media and try to talk with the youth. This is not easy because I, it's not easy to communicate at all through the time we have seen a lot of different different approaches. But yeah, I, I don't know if I answered the question. This is this is this is a really hard question because mm. I mean it's a one dollar million question. But um, yeah, I think we just we just need to have more open heart to think uh, to be open to the different uh, questions that the youth have about sexuality about. Mm spirituality about everything about uh being in this diverse and inclusive place we need to be open hearts and there are so many things that we will not agree and i'm not saying that we need to make a consent a, a consensus we just need to converge to some point mm. and i think this is one of the best ways to to make this approach okay
Um, so I also, you know, while I was listening to you and, you know, in, and you explaining that it is not easy then to reach out and, and communicate um, with your uh, people of the same generation about this, it also requires that you know yourself, um, you know, who you are and, and what you're searching for. So can you maybe explain how you do that for yourself? I, you know, how, yeah. how, how do you find your own path then? Yeah, I'm, I'm still learning about my own path. I'm a, a lifelong learner, so mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm still trying to create this path for me. And I was a Catholic by birth because my, mm -hmm. my family is a Catholic. And I've been through so many questions about, uh, am I right for this place? I, am I fitting in this space? And th these are normal questions for now. What, what I think really helped me is doing therapy, <laughs> really. Mm -hmm. doing that. I have a, a, a psychologist and she's helped me to figure out what makes sense for me. And what makes sense for me right now, and I'm talking about the Clara of 20, May 2021, mm -hmm. maybe my, my ideas will change is that I am still a Catholic, but I am really open to, to listen the other cultures and also the other concepts. And what, what I find interesting, I just need to, uh, to, to make this real in my life. And one example, I, I've been practicing meditation and yoga and also trying to connect more with the nature. And even though sometimes it's hard to, to fit ourselves in the Catholic uh, church, I am, this helps me to connect with my, my inner peace and with God, actually. And so I'm, I'm meditating, I'm doing yoga, and this has helped me, and I'm open to that. So this is a way that I found to to balance my ideas and also my thoughts. But I still have so many questions. I still have so many things that I don't agree. But yeah, I'm trying just to listen and just to keep the things that resonate for me and that it's helped me to involve. Mm. Well, yes, you know, thanks for sharing that. And I, I really think it's uh, a lot of listeners will appreciate that uh, you sharing that. Um, you know, again, listening to you, um, you're working on many different uh, issues, you know, for sure on three of the 17 goals. Uh, but I think uh, even more than that. Um, still, I would like to ask you um, of all those issues that you're trying to uh, influence, what are some of the things that you worry most about at the moment? I've been sick worry about the polit political extremes mm. and this extreme right that has grown absurdly around the world and it has segregated people and 
widening social disparity, it really freaks me out. Here mm. in Brazil, we are going through a moment of darkness, I believe. Uh, mm. Politicians uh, who do not believe in science, of people who are totally alienated with a mentality of hatred and corruption. And this really affects me emotionally and in a devastating way. And it, it is always a fresh start with my sanity to live mm -hmm. in times of so much chaos and hatred. Yeah, <laughs> but I, yeah. I think there is hope. There is hope, yeah. people. <laughs> that was my next question, actually. And, and I'm sure listeners can also hear that you are, you know, you have a lot of smile on your face as well when you're talking. So, yes, I, I was sure about that, that, that uh, you're still hopeful. So tell, explain a little bit there. Where, you, where do you see hope? And here I bring a wonderful book that I'm reading right now, Hope in the Dark mm -hmm. by Rebecca Sonnet. <laughs> it has helped me a lot. Yeah. And I think our opponents would love it us to believe that the world's hopeless, that you have no power, there is no reason to act, that you can win. But I think hope is a gift you don't have to surrender, a power that you don't have to throw away. And through this hope can be an act of defiance. Defiance is enough reason to hope, I think, but there is there are good reasons. And the hope that I am interested is isn't about broad perspectives with specific possibilities because I think hope is really dark. I mean, we it's like faith. We it's not just sunny, everything's getting better mm. narrative or everything's getting worse one. I don't think it's like black and white. I think uh, hope it's about embracing the possibilities and embracing these things that you still don't know. It's like when you are in a room that is dark and we just uh, believe that things are going to be all right, but you need to do uh, things to make this happen. So for example, when we are in a room and everything's dark, we try to sense, we try to touch, we try to smell the things. And hope for me is this concrete way to make our revolution happen. That's why I still have hope. It's, it's complex and it's about uncertainties with openings. You know, my, my, my organization, I work for an NGO and um, we're celebrating 75 years of, of our work um, and, and that all, we also use, use that time to kind of look back and especially around how we acted or not acted uh, on issues of, of uh, racial uh, injustice. Um, so my question to you is, if you look at the NGO sector as a whole, um, how do you think um, the NGO sector has done, you know, in the past and, and, and the present around racial uh, on, on racial justice issues? As a white person, I assume that I am special and different and unique because uh, uh, I am I'm answering this, this question as a white person. And for example, I, I, I never experienced so many things that my friend, my black friends experienced here in Brazil. So it's uh, really my point of view, my privileged 
point of view and uh, there there is another book i am a really bookworm i love reading books <laughs> <laughs> so this book uh from robin d'angelo it's called i think it's here no it's in, in my other in my other uh library it calls white fragility and there's that's the book that I started reading and I started to think about this racial justice and how I am involved with that as a white person. And for me, uh, we still have this, uh, this challenge. We have many times, I've been saying that so we have so many challenges, but this one is really uh, about humanity because uh a lot of white people they don't think that racism exists and think i think that that's why it's hard to work with racial justice and ngos or any other sector is because we have this uh word that thinks that this is not a problem uh, it's similar to to gender problems for example mm -hmm. but in another structured way it's really implicit it's really sometimes uh hidden uh, it's it, it's in our bias it's in our cognitive ways uh of living so for me what i feel is that we need to talk more about racial problems we need to talk about more about white fragility we need to have to have uh, white people black people talking and discussing how can we work together and especially we need to have black people occupying space of power so in ngo sectors uh i think that we need this this um representation i think this feeling that we see a space of power and we see black people not only barack obama but we need more people we need to to have this parity among uh people that we have in the world so yeah i am a white woman talking i know that the problem is really is really big but since i understood that i am even though I'm fighting for uh, a more balanced world, I'm still racist, for example, and it's hard to admit that. It's uncomfortable to admit that, but uh, it's a way that see that the problem is here, and sometimes we don't want to admit it, but for me, we need to just uh, accept this and try to make something different try to read more books of black people and try to consume uh arts of uh, black arts and i'm not trying to make the the word white or black i just want to to have uh, a word where everyone has a voice and a voice that is heard and appreciated Um, yeah, I would like to ask a little bit different question. You know, music is very important uh, for me, so I always ask a, a question about music uh, as well. So if I ask you um, to mention a song or a piece of music that embodies what you are about, 
Uh, which song would that be? Hey, in my spare time, I am a, a DJ, so <laughs> I oh, love cool. music. Yes, I have yeah. so many playlists on my Spotify. And uh -huh. I, I have several songs that reflect how I'm feeling and, and different times. Mm -hmm. And today, I am waiting some results from scholarships and financial mm -hmm. uh, investments for my company and also for my master's. So the music that the song actually that most represented me is I Believe I Can Fly. It's an old song. From, it's from uh, 1996, the, the year that I was born. But I Believe I Can Fly is a famous song. But for me, it's really uh, a mantra that I'm trying to, to embrace. And I Believe I Can Fly. Yes, it's a great song. Great. And, and, and actually talking about a playlist, uh, we have made a a playlist of the songs that have been chosen by the guests of of this podcast so if you if you uh, uh search for a hashtag walk talk listen you will find a playlist and it consists of you know um heavy metal classical music and 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 r&b uh, youtube um all kinds of music so it's it's pretty uh, interesting um i think you will appreciate it yeah my, my... i will add to my to my spotify playlist <laughs> yeah um your la last question that i have for you uh, clara is um any last message question invitation for the listeners we i think we need a litany a rosary a sutra a mantra a war chant for our victors and the past is set in the daylight and it can become a torch we can carry into the night and th that is the future actually hmm. So for everyone that is listening, I'd like to say that we need to be bold and bright. We still have these many challenges in the world, as I said before, but I think if we think as a, a, a humanity, if we think as persons and if we, if we try to put uh, the person, uh, people in, in the center, we would find a way to, to make a change happen. Yes, this is my, my message to you guys. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I would like to, to really thank you for your willingness to talk with me today and to share your story with me and, and the listeners. Um, um, you know, I, I don't have to give you any, um, you know, wish you good luck because I, I feel that, uh, you know, you will be able to, you know, find whatever you're looking for and whatever you're pushing for. So, so um, yeah, thank you so much. and. Um, yeah, I hope to to talk with you again in, in, in the future. Yeah, I hope it too. Thank you. Thanks so much for the space and also for the the invite. I'm so happy to be sharing my, my story with you guys. Great. Take care. Take Bye -bye. care too. Bye. Thank you for listening to Walk, Talk, Listen. Please check us out on www.100mile.org or follow us on Facebook or Instagram. And last but not least, I would like to ask your attention to the Ration Challenge as some guests 
of the podcast, Walk, Talk, Listen, together with me and my wife, will take the ration challenge. And that means we will eat the same rations as a Syrian refugee for a week to raise money and save lives. And by raising money and if you support uh, the ration challenge, you'll bring emergency food, health care and life-saving support to the people who need it most. So if I could ask you for a big favor, I ask you to go to www.rationchallengeusa.org slash walktalklisten. Then you will find our donation page. And if you can support us or at least share the information, that would be so great. Thank you so much. www.rationchallengeusa.org slash walktalklisten.org